Buckle up, it's time for That's How I Roll with Jeremiah Isley, a podcast about the games we play and the lives we live. That's How I Roll is presented by Theology of Games. Visit theologyofgames.com for the latest in tabletop gaming, news, reviews, and interviews. And now, here's Jeremiah. Welcome. Oh my goodness. It's episode 95. Hey, I'm Jeremiah Isley. Like they said, they said, (laughs) like the nice lady said at the beginning right there. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is, uh, this is great. This is number 95. We're, like I said, we're counting down through to uh, 100, which is super awesome. Looking forward to that special episode, which we will be continuing to sort of pick your brains like I did this last week on social media on cool ways to get that episode just nice and juiced up and ratcheted up and uh, doing really awesome. So anyway, enough about the future. Let's talk about the immediate future. (laughs) Uh, So let me go ahead and let's go ahead and just to get started with this one, I'll give you a rundown of what you can expect here today on episode 95. So we are, we got a couple things going on. We are going to take a look at the word on the street. I'm going to update you on all things Isley and Theology of Games. There's a few cool things going on there. And then the big news of the episode is in today's Real Talk segment, Michael Coe joins us. Now, if you don't know who Michael Coe is, why? (laughs) So Michael Coe is the founder and CEO and president and big kahuna of Gamelin Games. He and Scott Alms, the game designer Scott Alms, are sort of the force, the driving force behind the Tiny Epic series. So Tiny Epic Kingdoms, Defenders, Galaxies, Western, Quests, it goes on and on. There's a ton of them out there. They're all really enjoyable. We are going to talk about the two latest, which happen to be Tiny Epic Zombies and the now kickstarting Tiny Epic Mechs. So that's going to be really awesome. And uh, that is pretty much it for today. That's our rundown for today's episode. So instead of continuing to talk about things that are coming up, I say we get into those things that are coming up and let's take a look at the word on the street. All right. So the word on the street is, I don't know how this happens. Every week seems to be just a little more busy than the one before. I am... I don't know. Anyway, so here's what's here's what's going on. Let's see. Last, I don't even remember last Thursday. I think we did swim team and football practice and some stuff there. I, last Thursday was a wash, but Friday we had a wedding to go to. Uh, my good friend Sipos got married, and so we did that Friday night. And then Saturday we ended up. So there was only supposed to be one football game for my son's team. And there ended up being two football games for the, both the varsity and the JV squad. So he had to be there for both of them. 
and it turned into a very long day on a very hot day. It was just super hot, no real shade to stay in. And uh, so we we did that. And then there was this thing called Edge Bash. It was this big block party for the middle school ministry at our church, which, of course, we have a middle schooler now. So we did that. And then on Sunday, we decided to go to Cedar Point and ride roller coasters all day. And then I don't even know what happened. Oh, Monday. Hey, I had game night. <laughs> <laughs> so game night was pretty cool. We actually played a couple cool games, including uh, Blood Rage. So here's the deal. I know everybody's going to give me crap, but I've never played Blood Rage. This is the first time actually anybody in my group has ever played Blood Rage. And we got contacted by Jared Miller, uh, who used to be with Simon Games. And he asked us if we would take a look at there's a uh, there's an app that he's working on that is it's called Dized, uh, which is spelled D-I-Z-E-D. And we and basically what it is, is it's a tutorial app for board games. So right now, uh, Blood Rage is in there and King Domino, but there's a whole bunch of other ones kind of loaded up, like ready to go, like they're working on them. But uh, he wanted us to check it out. So we got a copy of Blood Rage and then we got this app and we gave it a spin. And I'm going to probably, well, we're going to cover it in more depth, but it was cool. It, it really helped with setup. It really helped kind of get everything out and ready to go and walked us through. We didn't like sit through like a lengthy explanation. It was definitely much, very much a tutorial of how to play the game while we were playing the first turns and even through the game, just as you kind of ended each age and thing like that. Uh, so it was good. It was cool. We played Blood Rage. Um, I I don't know. We'll talk about Blood Rage some other time. I know there's a ton of hype around that game and it was good. It's a solid game. I, 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 I'm always cautious when there's a lot of hype around a game because I feel like there's that mom mentality like, oh, it's the best game. And then everybody else says, oh, yeah, it's the best game. And then everybody feels like they have to say it's the best game ever because if you don't, then you look like some kind of weirdo. Like, why wouldn't you like that game? It's a good game. I'm not saying it's not good, but I, I don't see the hype of best game ever around this game. So that's that's my quick take on it. It's good. If I, if you like miniature games, go get it. Go play it. It's great. But uh, slowly, slowly roll on this best game ever stuff. All right. A lot of people think Monopoly is the best game ever. And well, I'll just keep on moving. So we also played <laughs> Tower of Madness from Smirk and Dagger, which we are giving away here on uh, Theology of Games. Tower of Madness, the latest from Smirk and Dagger Games. Will you discover what lies beneath unspeakable horror, slip into insanity, or bring about the end of the world? A three-dimensional clock tower stands 15 inches tall, filled with marbles. 30 otherworldly tentacles push through the tower walls in every direction in this high-tension dice game of Lovecraft-inspired horror. Win your very own copy of Tower of Madness. Head over to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon 
for full contest rules and how you can enter to win. All right, everybody, welcome to this week's Real Talk. And on the line with me, riding shotgun, is Michael Coe of Gamelin Games out there on the west side of the country. <laughs> Thanks for being flexible today, Michael. How's it going? Hey, you're welcome. It's going awesome. Thank you. Very cool. So, there's some cool things happening. I mean, there's a lot of cool things happening with Gamelin. So, First of all, let's talk zombies, and then we'll go from there. How's that sound? I love talking zombies. I of thought, course. I thought you would. <laughs> so tiny, epic zombies. Where are you at with this? You guys are fulfilling right now, right? Yeah, so we've actually we've sent all the packages out to backers. Now, some of them still may be in transit, depending on how far away they are from sure. our fulfillment center, but but they're all out the door. So that's great news. And that's it's actually been that way for... A, a, about almost almost a week. So, um, and then uh, we're actually getting ready for the retail release, which will be about uh, mid next month. So, pretty much a couple weeks right before Halloween. Uh, people who missed it uh, on the Kickstarter or pre-ordering, if they want to go down and support their FLGS, then they can pick up a copy in time for Halloween. That's that is like perfect timing. It's almost like you planned it like that. Well, I mean, hey. <laughs> uh, so give us give us like the 30,000 foot flyby of, of zombies because there's another tiny epic happening and I want to get to that. But for those who don't know, like they were under a rock, they didn't look at the campaign, whatever. Uh, give us that just that quick, you know, 30 second spiel on on tiny epic zombies. Yeah, well, so Tiny Epic Zombies boasts five different play modes, which really makes it stand out amongst the other Tiny Epic games. So you can play it fully cooperative or competitive. You can have like a one versus many where somebody's controlling the zombies, or you can have the AI control the zombies, and you can do that in both of those modes. And then you can also play the game solo. So that's pretty awesome. But so you, you start off in the Echo Ridge Mall. Uh, it's been in, infected with these zombies, and it's an objective-based game at the core. So you've got nine different objectives that come in the box. You'll randomly choose three of them. And then the whole goal of the human players are trying to accomplish these pretty difficult tasks, like uh, rounding up all the helicopter parts and getting them to the roof, you know, uh, calling the CDC or making contact with them, figuring out um, what's causing this zombie outbreak or quarantining zombies to test them. Uh, There's several different challenges, but the whole thing of the game is figuring out with the finite actions that I have every round, how do I balance uh, completing these objectives while also making sure that the zombies don't just completely overrun us in the mall? Because they're just zombies are being added turn after turn after turn. Nice. And so finding that balance is what the game's all about. It plays nice and quick. Uh, it's, it's very easy to understand and, and, and get rock and rolling in it too. So that's cool. I, I actually, I like the idea that there's multiple ways you can play it because if you think about so many zombie movies and, and fiction, there's, there's all these different ways that the humans, the survivors approach it. Like there's people that are fighting against each other for survival. There's people that are working together for survival. There's, so it just kind of depends on what your, 
flavor of zombie, you know, survival is like what you prefer. You can kind of play that version of it with this game. That's really cool. Yeah, and ton of different characters, and it and it features the item meeples. So oh, you actually you get to you actually get to have your meeple on a motorcycle with a baseball bat or a <laughs> shotgun out the police car window carrying a chainsaw. I mean, you actually get to see that on your physical pieces. What could be more fun? I love it. I love it. That's great. All right, so zombies, it's out. It's it's coming to retail soon. Play it for Halloween. Awesome. Tell me about Tiny Epic Mechs. How do you guys keep coming up with Tiny Epic Games? It's it's amazing. <laughs> well, we eat, sleep, drink, and everything Tiny Epic Games. So, I mean, when that's all that you focus, there's like one track mind. So we love the Tiny Epic series, uh, just the whole intention of the series. So we, it's, it's our favorite toy. So, sure. but Tiny Epic Mechs is so exciting. It's such a nice evolution for the series. Uh, in a couple of ways. For one, it's our first time uh, releasing a Tiny Epic game that uses action programming, which is a mechanic that I'm very excited about. Uh, and Scott Alms has done a, a fantastic job implementing it into Tiny Epic Mechs. And it also is a really cool evolution of the item meeples, where you're actually putting them inside power armors and mech suits and then you're accessorizing the mech suit. So everybody's used to, you know, giving items to your meeples and having them carry the guns. Right. But And, and you can still do that in Tiny Epic Mechs. But now you're actually going to be getting bigger guns and hooking them onto your mech suit <laughs> and just customizing your mech suit based on the weapons that you're picking up in play. Uh, so definitely worth checking out the game, if nothing else, just for the components. But yeah, but everybody, you know, action programming is a, a beloved mechanic, uh, and and it's really done nicely in Tiny Epic Mechs. Like the other Tiny Epic games, it plays fast. It's simple. Uh, now this one is uh, kind of a PvP based game. So if you like player conflict kind of games this one is for you because it's all arena combat it's set in the future but it's not like a uh, broken uh dystopia kind of future where like mechs are government controlled no this is this is more like american gladiator where mech battles are a big sport and nice. it's just this giant spectacle and so you're taking on one of these athletic pilots and and your job is to uh, score via combat, area control, resource management. Um, the game lasts six rounds. Highest score at the end wins. It's it's pretty sweet. That's awesome. That sounds very cool. So, how did you land on? I guess how did you land on the theme, or was was it just something that was that Scott came up with and said, "Hey, I've got this action programming game. I think it'll be cool with mechs." Tell tell me a little bit about like the development of the game. Well, it's kind of been in the back of my mind for some time, actually, um, for really a few years. Like, you know, uh, for people who are familiar with the kind of uh, past of Gameland Games, uh, we used to make these figures called the fantasy gaming figures, and they're these wooden yeah. silhouette figures. Well, even back then, I wanted to, I wanted to produce a mech game where. I used a wooden mech 
that had like the center hollowed out so that you could place a meeple inside this wooden mech. Uh, and that just never really came about. It, it kind of just got shelved. But then after the item meeples came out and then we revisited them with, our, you know, it, you know, tiny epic after tiny epic, we kept playing with the item meeples, taking them to a new level, evolving how cool the weapons look. And then it just was, then it just hit me. Uh, and so then I got on with Scott, we started brainstorming, Hey, what, what could make sense, you know, uh, with mechs and, and could we make these item meeples actually hold the mechs or, I mean, uh, the mech suits hold the item meeples. So then it became a, a matter of trying to engineer the pieces. Um, and then Scott got to work on the game design. Uh, and now here we are, it's, it's up on Kickstarter. It's, uh, it's doing awesome. Over 10,000 backers. Wow, uh, nice. A little less than three weeks to go. So definitely check it out. But it's just kind of uh, one of those things that was in the back of my mind for, for a long time and finally found its way to see the light. Very cool. So give me, I guess that that's a great lead into this. Give me the vitals. What uh, you, There's about three weeks left on the Kickstarter. What's the base pledge to get the game? Is there... Is there like a deluxe version you can get? What what are all those details? Do tell. Yep. So we do have a deluxe version, just like all of our Tiny Epic games. So you can pick up the deluxe version on the Kickstarter for $25 uh, plus a little bit of shipping. You can also, you can get the base game for $20, but you're going to be missing out on a, a couple of little mini expansions, some additional pilots that you're going to want. So uh, for five bucks, spring for the deluxe. It's an, it's an awesome version of the game. Uh, yeah, under three weeks to go. So uh, still a little bit of time, but you know time goes by pretty fast. So, um, and of course you can check it out. Just Google Tiny Epic Mechs Kickstarter, or go to GamelinGames.com. Um, there's lots of different ways to find it. We got some uh, stuff going on BGG. So if you're familiar with BoardGameGeek.com, check out the BGG page. It has a little widget that'll take you to the Kickstarter. Uh, so yeah, it plays one to four players too. We unlocked a stretch goal for solo players so oh, cool um yep so if you're into solo games then then you can jump on this one as well as if that wasn't enough let's touch on uh heroes of land air and sea where is that you've you kickstarted the expansions i know you guys are in production with that is everything on schedule there how's that looking yes so everything is on schedule it's in production right now and oh my goodness it is such a massive massive <laughs> production it is i can so only insane. imagine <laughs> I like I, didn't, I haven't counted the words yet, but there's there's got to be like over eighty thousand different words in this game. But I mean, it's just it is a monster. <laughs> um, so it's in production. I'm actually going to be uh, scheduling a trip to visit the factory in China after the production wraps up and when they begin the assembly process, because there are so many different builds to this game. Mm. Um, I've I've got to be there in person to just make sure it all goes right. Um, so that's, that's on the schedule here, but we're definitely on time for, uh, a, you know, for the delivery of when we said we would on the Kickstarter, which will be, uh, we said April of, of next year. Honestly, I think we'll get it out a little bit before April. Um, but I don't want to make any promises, but it's, it's going along really nice and smooth. It's good to under promise and over deliver. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good thing. It's a good thing to know as a Kickstarter creator. 
I just want to, I have to ask this because I've always kind of wondered, I know in the, in a past life, we'll say you sort of made, you were starting a career in film. You were in, you know, there's, you've got an IMDB page, there's credits to your name. And then you suddenly kind of made a, a turn. You you started out as as a designer. You get you were designing games, and now you're a publisher. Like, I guess take us through that origin story. Like, how did you get from acting on screen to publishing really really popular games? <laughs> um, well, shoot, man. I mean, that's a whole lifetime worth of story. <laughs> I uh, acting is I still love acting and I hope one day um, at, you know when it makes sense with my young family right now it's just my time is so consumed but eventually I would like to uh, kind of do both still publish games but also start taking some auditions maybe get into some theater again some community theater or something um, but yeah that, that was a passion of mine all growing up um, I went to uh, college and got my degree in motion picture production which was uh, a little bit of a different pace than when I was just auditioning and and acting on screen. And during that time, I got sucked into World of Warcraft. And (laughs) and I'm an overachiever. If I'm going to do something, then I'm going to do it the best that I can. And that includes if I'm wasting my time playing a video game, I'm going to play it the (laughs) best that I can. And so I, I sunk so much time into that game. Uh, and while I won't say that it single-handedly derailed my focus on life, uh, it, it very well may have. Um, and, and so at that point, you know, and so what was funny is actually in that game, I, I had made this human paladin named Gamelin. Uh, and after about five years of, of playing that game, like, more than a full-time job's worth of, of time, <laughs> I decided I had to quit it cold turkey. I had to just be done. But I had I really liked this persona, this character Gamelin that I had made. And uh, I just I was all up in my head about this cool story and this fantasy about this character. So when I quit playing World of Warcraft, in honor of stopping World of Warcraft, I created the LLC Gamelin Games. And because at the end of the day, uh, when when you're you know I was trying to figure something out that could progress my life, that could progress my family, and when I was bored, the what was in my head the most was games. And so, and I had I had come to the conclusion I'm not going to just sit and play games. I'm like, well, but if I can't stop thinking about games, then what's the next best thing? And and that to me it felt like well then I should be designing games, uh, which evolved to i really love the producing part of games and the overview and the development uh so then it made more sense for me to evolve into a publisher sure wow (laughs) so we can uh i guess thank or blame world of warcraft however you look at it (laughs) uh for (laughs) for gambling games uh that's interesting that uh i it's always it's always funny to me that uh the 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 twists and turns of life and how you end up in places that you may not have really ever thought uh that's i my production company that i i run and i i produce other people's podcasts i call it crooked path productions because of that you just you nice. never know which way life is going to turn and where you're going to end up and we have plans and and 
sometimes our plans aren't the ones that <laughs> are fulfilled. So anyway, I just I thought that was really interesting to, to hear that story. I've, I've always wondered how that that kind of transformation happened. So thanks for sharing that with us. <laughs> You're welcome. I want to close out. I've, I've got this new segment that I'm doing to close out interviews now. And it is indeed called That's How I Roll. So I've got a list of 20 questions listed uh, in front of me here on a, on a note. And I am going to pull... Let me see if I can find one. Yeah, I've got a 20. Oh, so is this like a lightning round kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, it's kind of like lightning round. I've got a, I've got a D20 here and I'm going to roll... And I'll ask you a question, you know, whatever I roll, that's the question you got to answer. And, uh, it, most of them have nothing to do with games. So <laughs> all right. I uh, but, was, I was expecting you to ask me all 20 questions. So this sounds good. This is, I'm, I'm more happy with a die roll. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just do a few of them here. We won't, we won't rattle off all of them. So all right, all right. Here, here we go. Here's the die. First die roll. Ooh, it's number three. Uh, what is your favorite game night snack? Oh, uh, game night snack. I'm going to go with um, Doritos and salsa. Doritos and salsa. A good choice, although you have to be careful with salsa with the game on the table, in my opinion. Yeah, and Doritos get your fingers pretty dirty, too. So you got to yeah. add some, you got to add plenty of napkins. Right. Or like, you know, we have a baby in the house, so we have like packs of wipes. Like those are, those things are gold. Uh, Wet wipes for <laughs> yeah, the win. Right, right. All right, here we go. Next one. Uh, 13. Uh, what's your favorite season of the year? Uh, I like uh, winter. Yeah. Because you- I, yeah, because I live in Arizona. It's so freaking hot <laughs> all year round. If I could get any sort of reprieve from that, then I'm loving it. I, I, can I can totally agree with that. Where what part of Arizona are you in? Are you in Air, uh, Phoenix area or? Yeah, about about an hour southeast of Phoenix. Okay, in so, Queen Creek. So you don't get like the snow that they do like up in Flagstaff and stuff. No, gotcha. Not gotcha. at all. Yeah, so it just kind of gets to like tolerable in the winter for you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I mean, it just, it's still kind of warm, but you can't see, you can't physically see the heat waves <laughs> and that's winter. That's a reprieve. <laughs> yeah. I like it. All right, here we go. Next one. Uh, 11. Uh, what was your favorite school subject? Uh, drama. I loved yeah. drama class acting and yeah, that was my favorite. Very cool. All right. Next one. Number nine. Uh, who are you going to call? Um, my wife. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the situation is, but she's pretty good at helping me with whatever I need. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a pretty safe bet. Just call, call <laughs> the wife. She's, she'll talk you through. <laughs> right. Speak- is it something to celebrate? Call the wife. Am right? I in trouble? Start with the wife. Let's just get that <laughs> trouble out of the way first. Yes. And then it's all up or downhill from there. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I, I can, I completely, I'm in agreement with you there. All right, here we go. Uh, 15 is Kirk or Picard. If you want to hear how Michael answers this question, as well as some others, It's super easy to do that. All you got to do is become a member of our Patreon community by heading to theologyofgames.com slash Patreon and follow the links there to our Patreon page. And that, of course, will also enter you into the contest for a copy of Tower of Madness 
from Smirk and Dagger. So what are you waiting for? Head on over today, become a part of what we do here at Theology of Games and get extra bonus content and maybe even get a game out of the deal. All right, well, I'm going to I'm going to turn you loose. Before I do that, just uh, take a second, tell people where they can find you, uh, social media, give all the links. Just go ahead and uh, pump yourself up here a little shameless plug time before we we get going. Absolutely. So check us out gamelinggames.com. Uh that's G A M E L Y N games. Uh Facebook slash Gamelin Games, Gamelin underscore games on Twitter. Uh if you just Google Tiny Epic, you will find uh all <laughs> sorts of awesome stuff about Gamelin Games and our uh hot little line of uh small box games. Um so yeah, you can find us that way. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks so much again for being on the show and congratulations on all these wildly successful games. It's super awesome. Uh, I remember when we met and you had just a couple little games at a table at Origins and uh, you've come a long, long (laughs) way. So congrats on that. Hey, thanks a lot, Jeremiah. It's been a fun ride and I'm I'm glad to have had you along with that and been able to have these occasional interviews and chatting with you. You're a great guy. So I appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks, man. We'll see you. All right. Take care. Well, there you have it, folks. That is going to do it for episode 95. Big shout out to my man, Michael Coe. Dude, thanks so much for being on the show. Always great catching up with uh, Michael. He's just one of the cool guys in the industry and definitely has brought the industry up. You know, he uh, just just really cool guy. Great guy. Um, I've met him so many times and uh, played games with him at conventions and just really enjoy seeing him when I can. And also, you know, just again, great games being brought to the industry through Gameland Games. And uh, we are all, all of us are better for it. So again, thanks to him. Thanks to you for listening so much of what we do is because people listen. Uh, if, <laughs> if you weren't listening, I would be speaking into the wind and I really appreciate that. So if you enjoy the show, wouldn't it be awesome if you told someone else about it? I think it would. That's that's a question posed in rhetoric, but uh, it would be, it'd be so awesome. I'd really appreciate it if you'd share the show with your friends. If anybody, you think anybody would enjoy it, let them know. That would be so, so great. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that lots of ways. The best way is to go to theologyofgames.com. There's a contact button there. Of course, on the side, there's all of our social links. So you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Join our Facebook group. It's Theology of Games group on Facebook. You can kind of get in there and uh, we have cool conversations, stuff that we talk about on Board Games Daily and things like that all show up there usually. And of course, uh, we have all our shows, all of our written content, Board Games Daily, Theology of Games podcast, written reviews, double take or double... um, (sighs) Yes, double take reviews... (laughs) I'm so tired. Uh, All that stuff is all there waiting for you to enjoy. So get on it. (laughs) All right. I'm going to get out of here. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, I'm Jeremiah Isley, and that's how I roll. 
Thanks for rolling with us today. That's How I Roll is produced by Jeremiah Isley and brought to you by Theology of Games. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in and drive safe.